0: Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the bread of life. Let us seek him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. God calls us into a growing, knowing relationship with himself. Access to this relationship comes to us through the person of Jesus Christ. In that relationship, God invites us to discover him and love him as he loves us. And from that relationship and a deepening knowledge of him, we find that a religion takes shape. It's our response to being with God. That's our religion. We love what he loves and who he loves. We give ourselves to others as an expression of our loving relationship with God. Our religion Isn't a desperate attempt to connect with the divine or appease him. It is a natural response to knowing him and enjoying him. A right knowledge of God, a knowledge not developed out of intellectual study or sentimental wishful thinking, but developed out of a profound, attentive relationship with him will result in a duty of love. A properly informed relationship with God that will give us properly informed relationships with others. And this will be our religion. Our response to our relationship with God, our loving response is expressed in our lives together and our lives before a world of lost men and women. That's God's strategy. That's God's purpose. That's the way God wants to do it. You know me. You love me. You'll love one another, the world will see it. Now, if all that's true, let me make the two observations. The first observation is simply this. The chief need of man is to know God. And the central need of the Christian is the same. And it should be the central commitment of the Christian. And again, it's not an intellectual knowledge. And it's not a sappy sentimentalism either. And it's not something where you come up with ideas about what you'd like God to be like to accommodate your life. It's knowing Him. It's having a relationship with Him. It's walking with Him on a daily basis. It's interacting with Him and engaging Him. Your interaction and engagement with God will draw you nearer to one another, will draw the body near to one another, will cause us to love one another. It will become our committed religion, not simply to share knowledge with one another, but to share His life with one another. The central commitment of the Christian, again, is to know God. If this is true, then the knowledge of God, His attributes, His ways, His will, He should be the primary theme of all of our preaching and all of the teaching of the church. If it's true that the primary pursuit of the church ought to be and the Christian ought to be and the primary need of all men is to know God, then the primary theme of our conversations and the primary theme of our communication and our instruction and our teaching and our preaching should be God talking about him, speaking of his life. Not only this, but if the Christian is living out a love relationship with God, he or she will not be satisfied with teaching in their churches and among themselves that ranges too far from this theme of God. That will be the theme they'll want more than anything else. Himself, His glory, His majesty, His wonder, His goodness, His greatness. That will be what they want That will be the food that gets put on their plate that they have the greatest appetite for. That's what they'll want to feed in. They'll not simply want practical advice. They'll not simply want to load up doctrinal statements about their positions to hold between one another. They'll want to, in all of it, know God. Discover Him. See Him. Find Him. It'd be interesting if there was a way to collect data on the amounts of time that is spent in pulpits across the country in the discussions and the various subjects that are pursued and spoke about to find out what percentage of time is spent on the essence and nature of God Himself. What portion of time in the sermons is spent in lifting up God and holding Him forth and instructing people in an understanding and a better appreciation of His infinite glory and His loftiness and His mercy and his justice, and of his abounding love towards mankind. What amount of time is spent in tracing these attributes, not intellectually, but out of a deep love relationship with him that moves to the core of our being? The Father has moved in order to make it possible for us to know him. He's done this first by making us in His image by recording in the very fibers of our being and in our hearts reflective elements of His own nature that align with His perfections. He has painted within us the chords and notes, you might say. He strung within us the notes of a, a desire for transcendence and justice and goodness and kindness and mercy and love and holiness. He's known all these things so we would know him and then he's set us in a world in which he has painted himself all over creation so that he's hard to miss in fact what you have to do according to Romans chapter 17, I think it is is you have to suppress it because it's all around you we see him in everything that he's made he spoke to us by creation He's placed daily around us sovereign expressions day to day of His interaction and His movement throughout our lives. So although you might be able to count three or four expressions of wonderful escape from death or for great harm, you will, if you're attentive, see every day and every moment of your life is attended to by the sovereign providential care of God. God has also aided us in knowing Him. By sending His Son to us. To show us what He is like by coming to us in the flesh. The earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus makes us know what God prioritizes and what we should know of Him. God, in a sense, sent the Lord Jesus to us to be the first and leading and most complete and fulfilling expression of His own life. And what God shows us in the life of the Lord Jesus is what I want you to know about me more than anything else. And it's not the philosophical ideas of his infinitude, although that's wonderful. The first thing that he wants us to know is that he's gentle and loving, and he cares for us, and he heals, and he's compassionate. And yet all the while, he is uncompromisingly holy. In Christ, God is inviting us to draw near and see how he himself would be before us, for he is before us in Jesus Christ. Jesus said it, I think, in answer to Philip if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Lord Jesus came to manifest the glory of God before us, and he did. He came to show us that God was winsome and attractive and full of graciousness. And lost people need to know God. It is the failure to know him that allows for them to recede further and further away from Him. The Western man is in a rush away from God, but part of it is because there has been allowed in their minds for them to create a caricature of God that they're fleeing from. And the one thing that we could do to slow this rush away from God is to let them know what God is really like. It's to correct their notions. If a man in the Western world tells me that he doesn't believe in God, my first response is, what God don't you believe in? I probably don't believe in Him myself. But as you let Him tell you, you might correct Him by saying, now can I tell you the God I do believe in? And can I tell you that this God is revealed to us most perfectly and fully for us to see in the person of Jesus Christ? But to be able to do that, to be able to really show them, you got to know God. you got to have a relationship with Him. you got to Live your life before him. The Lord Jesus was not simply content. The Father wanted to express the life and knowledge of himself to us by sending the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus wanted to advance us in that knowledge by sending to us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to continue to bring this witness of God before our lives. He comes actually to come within us so that the actual active point of this relationship with God is not simply alongside of us, but in the nearest place possible, whispering His life and His presence into our very hearts. A relationship where we can know God from day to day by the presence of the Holy Spirit speaking the life of Jesus to us. Jesus said when He left that He wouldn't leave us without a representation of Himself. It wouldn't be that we'd be left behind trying to think, and His disciples wouldn't be left behind trying to think, now now, what was it that He said to us? What was, he, what was it that He was trying to teach us? Uh, what were some of those things that He did? How can, you know, can you remember when he... They got together and just kind of put their notes together. You know, I lost a sister when I was almost 20 years old. The most devastating element of losing this sister who I loved very much was it only took a matter of weeks for her to become fainter and fainter to my recollection. I couldn't remember what her hands felt like. I couldn't remember what her hair smelled like. I couldn't remember what it was like, what she felt like when I gave her a hug, although I know it was warm. I couldn't quite capture the sound of her voice. It was all becoming quite distant, and it was very distressful for me. I remember one day just weeping because she was becoming a spectral element in my life. She was becoming further and further distant. You know what God's comfort was? Joel? As your sister becomes more and more distant from you, do you not see that I'm becoming more and more near? I was coming to know God, experience Him, feel Him. He was pressing in closer and closer to my heart. And it, it was such a source of such great joy. I have you. She's gone to another place, but you're here with me always. What a promise! What a seal of assurance by the Holy Spirit that one day I'll be with you and with her. Jesus didn't leave us as orphans. He sent to us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has come in order to champion the life of the Lord Jesus. He leaves us the Holy Spirit and as the Holy Spirit is welcomed among us and into our hearts, He makes Christ and He makes God known to us, and He drives us forward into this wonderful relationship. So, I want to say something about this, this pursuit of God, this arrangement God has made so that we can walk in a knowing relationship with Him. This relationship we have with Him that will inform the relationships we have with others. God has created us so that we might know Him, made us in His image, reveal Himself in creation. God the Father sent the Son that Jesus Christ might live out the expressions of the glory of God and those things that God prioritized that we would know and understand about Him, that He might introduce us by dying for us and paying the price of our sins. He might introduce us into a reconciled relationship with Him. The Lord Jesus then sends the Holy Spirit out to us who believe and trust in Him so this relationship might Move from our heart from the core of our being and I said something here that should gather your attention I said the Holy Spirit is to be welcomed into our hearts as the one who makes God known to us and Jesus known to us it's actually clear if you study your Bible that anyone who's received Jesus Christ anyone who has been born again anyone who has been brought to saving faith every believer that that individual has been given the Holy Spirit We have Him. He dwells in us. He lives within us. He expresses Himself to us by illuminating our minds and teaching and instructing us. However, I think we will also discover that though He has been given to every believer, He is not always welcomed by every believer. You've been listening to the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.